Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside me, Steve Harmison, looking back at uh, what turned out to be a cracker of a final day's play at the SCG. England getting away with the draw in the gloom. It means that they can't lose 5-0 in your face, Aussies. You're listening to following on. So if you're listening to the show, you uh, no doubt know by now that England uh, clung on. Uh, It was uh, slow going at times today. It certainly didn't look like it was going to be uh, approaching a classic um, when three wickets went in the first session. Uh, Zach Crawley, head and shoulders, the best uh, batsman on on show, 77 to his name. But he was the third man out, uh, leg before wicket to a brutal and quite brilliant Yorker from uh, Cameron Green. Uh, Hamid, unfortunately, not sure when we're going to see him play for England again. He was caught behind for nine um, and over after being dropped by Alex Carey. He was then caught by Alex Carey. Uh, Darwin Milan, whose tour has just um, slid away, really, after a solid start. He was bowled for four. Uh, and 30 without loss to become 122 for three at lunch. The afternoon session, though, was slow going. Uh, just the one wicket to fall, that of Joe Root, as uh, Ben Stokes... And uh, also Johnny Bairstow, once again, uh, reunited with uh, great effect. 174 for four at T, and surely, uh, once England got past the second new ball, they'd fancy their chances of easing their way to the conclusion and maybe shaking hands with an hour to go. Well, that did not happen. Stokes was caught uh, at first slip off the bowling of Nathan Lyon. And then Pat Cummins brought himself on and dismissed Butler and Wood inside three balls. Um, both LBW to put Australia slap bang uh, as favourites to win the match. When Johnny Bairstow was caught at uh, a silly point for 41, it seemed destined 
with over 10 overs to go that it was going to be going Australia's way. But Jack Leach did what Jack Leach does and actually played some beautiful shots along the way. Alongside Stuart Broad, got England within 13 balls of safety before he was dismissed, thanks to Steve Smith, of all people. It was too dark, you see. They couldn't bowl the pacemen. Steve Smith was chosen ahead of Labuschagne, much to the scorn of Shane Warne. Well, it was the right call. Celebrations like the ones we used to see when Michael Clark took those wickets against India, or maybe when Kane Williamson took those wickets against England. But the result was the same as when Kane Williamson took those two wickets because Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson batted out the last two overs with a plum. To seal the draw means that England go to Tasmania 3-0 down rather than 4. Right, let's chat to Homie. Story of the day. Okay, Harmy. Well, look, it is an age-old tale, a sporting tale that goes back to the 1800s. David against Goliath. David rocks up in Goliath's house. The odds are stacked against them. Can they possibly upset the odds? Can they possibly walk away with the result that nobody was tipping them to? And you know what we found out today? Yes. Cambridge United can beat Newcastle in the FA Cup. (laughs) Don't get me started on that one. because I set my alarm at 10 to 3 to get up to watch it. And it was like, I thought I I was watching England's batting unit bat all over again, the way Newcastle got to the edge of the box and just kept shooting it into the Gallagher end or the Leeser's end. I feel so sorry for them supporters. They tried their best, honestly. yeah, from 25 yards out from goal, Newcastle's effort was there. But boy, have we do we look like we cannot nowhere near scoring goals. And that centre forward needs to come in as much as England's top order might need a little bit of a reshaking, a rejig. Because again, we've we well, haven't got the, if, the board. If Newcastle needs goals, England need runs. Um, let's. I mean, what? Let, let's start with the positivity. England have come away with a draw. They're not going to lose five nil, and they can take individual successes from this Test match. You know what? As yeah, one hundred percent. As England get on that plane to go to Tasmania, they can feel hopeful for a number of reasons. Firstly, it is really becoming more and more evident just how that lack of preparation cost them. You know. Yeah. Now it's Australia starting to look, look, and we see this every time. I don't care what anyone says, um, but you may disagree. You played in, in test matches. But for me, when a team goes 3-0 up, they win the Ashes with two to play. They lose, they lose 5-10% because they've accomplished um, what they needed to accomplish. I, I don't think it's possible to go and retire and go to that fourth test match and retain 100% the intensity that you have shown in the first three. And I think we've seen that through the number of missed chances in the field from Australia. Um, and the reverse is also true. Zach Crawley is suddenly looking like a bloke who's played two tests rather than one who hasn't played one for, for three months. Johnny Bairstow is looking like a guy that's played a test match and has got one under his belt. Ben Stokes looks you know, a much better batsman now than he did at the start of this test series. And I think it's there's a reason for that. So I think that England, as long as England can get something from that Tasmania test, I think that, yes, they, they've been beaten by the better side. Yes, they were embarrassed for three test matches. 
But essentially, they came into it undercooked. They made the wrong decision at the Gabba and they made the wrong decision with the team selection. And that, unfortunately, and I feel for Chris Silverwood, by the way, because he would have been watching this test match from his hotel room. I'm not sure if he's been allowed out yet. With I imagine it would have been pretty bittersweet to look at that game and see the three top performers for England being three players that were left out of the first test. Yeah, and it's, it's what we've been saying all along, that England have arguably beat England. Um, Australia being fantastic. The bowling unit's been unreal. Every time they've made a change, the person that's come in succeeded. But I think I still stand by the fact that England have beat England. Whether you lose 10% when you go 3-0 up, I think Australia looked, their bowlers looked a bit tired there at the end. Um, the preparation, yes, we knew the preparation wasn't going to be great. It's never going to be great coming back off the world, half of them coming in off the world T20. So you can go on selection. You know, Mark Butcher, you know, he says he's got bangs on and he makes a great point. You rest players and you rotate players to get to the ashes. And then five games, you pick your best team in five games. You don't try and you reinvent the wheel, which that they did in Brisbane. Made them impossible to play the, the best side in Adelaide. And then they come up short again in, in Melbourne. So I, I think Australia have been good, but I, I think England have contributed to the fact that, that the position they're in. Talk about positives in this game. Yes, there have. There have been a lot. But again, come back to the selection issues. You know, the players that we're bringing in because we made the wrong calls at the start are the ones that have, have stood up. Bairstow, Broad. You have Broad, Stuart Broad, who doesn't look like, he doesn't look like scoring a He doesn't look even close to defending a ball for the best part of three or four years. Well, look, just look what he's just done there. 35 balls facing, you know, this bowling attack because he knows it means something. You know, when people say, oh, you lose the edge when you get, yeah, you know, Stuart Broad has just stood up and showed true character. Stuart Broad has just stood up, and that was that there is as good as he's, as he's bowling for me, because that there has saved the Test match. You know, he's, he, he the determination and the will not to lose in that situation. Hats off to the hats off to the lad. Um, and you're talking about positives. Two or three of the positives of England might not probably not play in Hobart. Is Best still going to play in Hobart? And his thumbs bust. Stokes can't play. Send him home now. Send him to New Zealand to see his family, or send him home tonight. Don't don't even contemplate taking him to Hobart. You know we're just gonna we're just gonna make him even worse. And then you get to what, what's going to happen if they take Stokes to Hobart or they try and a side injury. A side injury is going to be eight weeks minimum. So if you give him if you take him to Hobart, you play him at Hobart. It's eight weeks from there. And then if you take him, if you have the harebrained idea to take him to the Caribbean, you're basically doing what you've done in taking him to the Ashes. You're taking him to the Caribbean with no cricket behind him and expect him to run up and bowl bounces for you know, 12, 14 overs in an innings and, and bat. You're just, you're just making it a whole lot worse. So unfortunately for England fans, you might have to wait for a while before you see Ben Stokes again. Um, Mark Wood was a, a huge positive. I thought the bowling unit again stuck to their task reasonably well. I thought Zach Crawley was brilliant this morning. I really did. I thought he put, I thought it was the first time we really seen the signs of it was Australia's bowlers tiring. He put them on the back foot 
they were bowling the length, put the bad ball away. He made he made he made Stark and Cummins change their game plans and change their lengths because at the minute they just seemed to run up landing at somewhere near off stump. And they were getting rewarded because they're getting a plane miss or they're getting a patted back. Exactly why I wanted Zach Crowley to play from the very, very first test match. You know, some of the things we've said on, on the Cricket Collective um, and guests we've had on, we can turn around and say, right, rewind back and listen to that again. We asked for Crowley to play. We said, you know, we've got to play. You know, the, picking the right team is so important. And everything we've asked for it, before it's happened, England have done completely opposite. And that's why they're in the position where they're in. So I want to call you to play right from the very start. Broad had to play. He's played over 150 times. No point taking him just to play one test match, one meaningful test match. So it's been a shambles. But fortunately for the England captain and the England coach, if they're going to survive, they're not going to have 5 nil on their, on their CV because... You know, I, 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 you know, I, I thought England might have had a chance to get something out of this the last two games, um, but slowly but surely, as this Test match was going, that was it was staring staring in the face of a five 0 If it wasn't for Zach Crawley counter punching this morning, then it possibly would have been Ben Stokes's bails had come off. Where we would have been having this conversation last night. So, you know, there are positives going into the Hobart Test match. Okay, so let's pick our team then. Okay, so uh, Crawley and Burns because Hamid. Yeah, Crawley and Burns. Hamid is, is not going to play. Hamid will maybe go to Pakistan. Maybe. Yeah, he shot for me. Unfortunately, the young man. I think he needs to go away. And I don't like this horses for courses. Oh, you can only play in such and such a place. It's like Mark Wood can't play in England. David Milan can only play in Australia. No, they're good players. They've got well, to be able to play. But you everywhere. do that. You do that with bowlers. You do that with bowlers on certain surfaces, but you've got a batting unit. It's a batting unit. This is the thing that annoys me when when you, when you do that. When you've got a batting unit of six men, no, it's not having. No, we don't have the perfect game. If we have the perfect game, all six of them will get hundreds. It doesn't work like that. You have to have a unit that's going to be able to you have all different characteristics and be able to get on a pitch, whatever surface it is around the world, and be able to get 350, 400. I'm saying 350. 400 is the minimum you should be looking to get. Now, you've got to be able to, in a series, three match, five match, you've got to be able to stand up and put scores on the board. Yeah. So your openers yeah. will get you off to a good I, start. I understand. I understand that, but we don't. Middle. But we don't have them. Well, then they're not good enough. Then they're well, not good enough. Yeah, but we don't have those players. We know that we don't have those players. Like you say, horses for courses and all that shouldn't be part of the plan. But David Milan is a horses for courses pick. No, he's not. He's not. He's not a horses for courses pick for me. Okay, so because, let me ask you this question, Ed Smith, right? Ed Smith let me, decided. Let me ask you this question: If this had been we're playing Pakistan now, yeah, yeah. And the Ashes is next year. Would Milan have been brought in for that fourth or fifth test of the summer against India? Uh, third or fourth test? I can't quite remember exactly which test he was. Yeah, of course he would. If he's if really? he's the best, if he's the next best option, yeah, of course he is. The look at David Milan. We've gone through number three, number three, number three openers, whatever we've had. 
I think David Milan was a, it was quite a safe pick. He wouldn't have been my pick, but he was quite a safe pick in the fact that we'll probably get two years out of him. He's in his thirties, two two and a bit years out of him. We're going to Australia. We're going to we're going to play in England. We're going to the Caribbean. He'll average thirty five. But at the end of the day, thirty five is better than what we've been averaging. You know, he's a he's an experienced head on a on a pair of shoulders. I I don't think he plays the amount of cricket. I don't think he plays if England are touring Pakistan and then Bangladesh. For me, for ben me, Folks. this whole thing was complicated by Ed Smith. Ben Ed Folks. Smith didn't like Stuart Broad, and Ed Smith decided that Ed Smith decided that David Milan couldn't play in in English conditions. Off the back of David Milan getting a hundred in Australia, and then last summer he got one hundred and ninety nine, and another big big hundred. He can play. He he, he can play, and that. But he's not he's not gonna average forty-five. But in this team at the minute, thirty-five's probably good enough to get you in the team and keep you there for a little bit. I'm not saying that's the right, but I'm saying of options we've got, I think he's a safe pair of hands with an experience yeah. head on a on a calm shoulders. And I think that's where Hamid if if we were going to Pakistan tomorrow, I couldn't pick Hamid off the back of what he's just done. He's had four scores of under ten. For, uh, uh, yeah. He still needs to go back and score some runs during 2022. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that I reckon they will keep that in mind. Keaton Jennings was going to go to Sri Lanka at the start of last year um, just because he's got his successes come against uh, India and Sri Lanka. But if you're, if you're going to pick players like that, you're never going to be successful. You've got to give somebody a chance to... to... But, but we, have, all the world and, we haven't yeah. we haven't stopped giving people chances and they haven't come up with a good. So maybe it is time we just isolate what they're good at and then pick them for those tours. But why don't you why why do we have this sort of fixation in this country of getting a player 23, chucking him in the England team, discarding him when he's 25, and he's not a better he's the, the, the best best part of him doesn't come in till till he's sort of 27, yeah, 28, yeah, yeah. 29. I think that's, that's a butcher. separate point. I'd say that's it. No, but I'm, I'm sitting with Mark Butcher and I'm going, Mark Butcher saying, you know, when I was, yeah, when I was 23, 23, 24, I got picked and it was a lot of injuries that I got back in the team at 29 and they, were, they got the best out of me at 29 into my 30s. Now you look at somebody like Usman Khawaja, he's 35 being brought back into the side. You know, Matt Hayden did it, Justin Langer did it. There's a whole host of players who have got back into their international sides. When the you know when they get into their sort of late twenties, now we have discarded so many players who might have technical faults, but actually they're a lot wiser and a lot better than what they were when we discarded them. So a good selector, a good a good watcher of the game who understands the game and batting and whoever whatever you need to do to to pick players on temperament and everything that goes with it. Should be looking at these Adam Lights, should be looking at these Sam Robson, should be looking at these players who we've had a go. And if they are, if they're different, or if they're better than what they were, you know, James Vinces and all that. James Vince is hiding at number five for, for Hampshire. He doesn't want to play for England, in my opinion, because he's hiding at number five. If James Vince wants to play cricket for England, he has to bat at number three for Hampshire, score a boatload of runs, and put yeah, put a few technical issues right that he had. He might have done that. We don't know. But it's no good hiding down at number five. Yeah, you know, the likes of say Elias and Robson, have they put right what what they got dropped for the first place, 
Are they better cricketers now than what they were when we picked them in the first place? Is their temperament better than what we picked them in the first place? And they're the questions, I think, a, a selector that's outside this bubble would see straight away. And then you'd pick them to come into the side. We're talking about Usman Khawaja potentially not playing in this next game because he's 35 and you've got Travis Head and Harris who are younger. But we also could see uh, Usman Khawaja open the baton at 35 with David Warner in his mid-30s. And they're looking exactly what Stuart Broad is asking for England to look at, which is pick your side, best side for the next game. You can have one eye on the future, but don't look too far in the future because you're never going to win. And that's what England have done. They've looked far too far ahead. They've tried to reinvent the wheel with so many people having their seer in the back room and justifying their jobs. And a 3-0 down in the ashes possibly should have been 4-0 down going into Hobart. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Okay, so... Crawley, Burns, Milan, Root. Yeah. Who's at five? Well, it depends on if Ollie Pope is going to keep wicked or not. I don't and think he is, is he? That's, that would be the, the million-dollar question for me. Obviously, Bairstow can't keep wicked because he's, he's busted his thumb. Yeah. Best, looks like, it looks like Butler's out. I don't think Butler nah. will play in, in the next test match. I'm not for sure form, we'll see Butler again. No, for form and potentially fitness. I thought I actually thought Ollie Pope did very, very well behind the stumps. Can we play him in a one-off game? When I look at it and I think, right, I'm going to pick my best team. If I'm going to pick my best team, I'm going to play Ollie Pope. I'm going to play Ollie Pope as a wicketkeeper. I'm not going to pick Sam Billens. There's no longevity in picking Sam Billens. 
because if we if we had time, we would have flown Ben Folks in, and Ben Folks would have had the longevity. So you might as well give Oli Pope the the gloves, and then you've got somebody that's played and, and got Test match hundreds. So for me, I'd pick I give I pick Dan Lawrence at five, I pick Johnny Besto at six, and Oli Pope as wicketkeeper at number seven. That would be my batting unit. I'm giving Lawrence a chance. I've took him on the if I, if he's good enough to go on the tour and we've got a space that's opening, I'd pick him in there. Besto, I'd try and convince him to play, even with the injury. Butler and Stokes will be out. For me, I give Lawrence a chance at five, Besto at six, and Pope at seven. And that would be my best batting unit that I could possibly pick. I don't see the point of picking Billings. I really don't. He's there for cover. Covers Pope if he wakes up next Thursday morning poorly. Then obviously he plays because there's, there's there's no chance Johnny keeping wicket either. So you needed to you needed to get him to come, and but I just I really don't see the point of picking him. He's got no first first class track record behind him. Hasn't played a lot of great great deal of first class cricket in in years. He's travelled the world carrying drinks and played franchise twenty twenty cricket. If you're going to go a one off game with a keeper, well Pope's just done well for a seventy over burst. I'd give him, I'd give him the gloves, and I'm, and I, I know I'm going to get more runs out of Pope than I am out of Billings. Mm, it's interesting. I was kind of torn because, you know, I don't know if you remember. I, I don't think I mentioned it on air, but I remember chatting to you a couple of, well, a few weeks ago. Billings' first class record is actually not bad, um, and I, I just wondered why he hadn't even been mentioned. Really, Will McPherson of the Evening Standards uh tweeting or reporting that he's favorite to to take the gloves but that was before pope you know took the gloves in the second innings and you're right he, he stood up well behind the stumps not that that's going to happen in the pick test uh the day night test um took a couple of some some good catches maybe the fact that he's got uh he's got the recent you know he has played the only thing i'd say though is billings has been playing the big bash what would you prefer someone who's been who's game ready in that regard or someone like Lawrence who hasn't picked up a bat in three months that's a valid point as well that is a good point um, but what message are you sending to Dan Lawrence you are one of the best 17 players to go on an Ashes trip and we're not going to pick you because we're going to pick somebody who's going to who's driven 900 miles to get here you know the day two days before well a day before we leave for Hobart I think that's the message. The message I would say, I would be thinking is I've picked Lawrence to come and play in the ashes. There's a batting spot available. Why would I not pick him? So that would be my, my initial thoughts on that. I understand the Billings bit. He has been playing, um, but he's been playing hit and giggle cricket. He's been playing franchise 2020 cricket. You know, he's been looking to, you know, what, what, what has he done in practice? That's going to get him in the position to face Stark, Cummins, well, possibly not Stark, but Cummins, Nisa, or, or Richardson, Boland, and, and Lyon down at Hobart. So uh, it's it's an either way to go for me, but I think the message I'd be sending is I've picked Lawrence in the 17. There's a space for a batter because we've got injuries. So I'm going to pick Dan Lawrence. And the bowlers? Wood, Robinson, Broad, Anderson, I take it? Yeah, Wood, Broad, Broad and Anderson, Robinson and and Wood, um, bar and all, making sure that all are fit. 
Um, Leach was innocuous, and he's going to be innocuous. Even though the pink ball test, we've got to remember, it's played largely in daylight. Yeah, there's but it's Tasmania, not Adelaide. Yeah, there's only small small passages where it is in, in complete darkness. Um, but I don't see the point of picking a spinner when I've only got four bowling options. Um, so I'm going to go with the four best bowlers that we've had on, on show, which is which is Robinson at, at eight, Wood at nine, Broad and Anderson. I think Broad and Anderson didn't bowl a great deal later on yesterday when I was sort of apoplectic about Mark Wood bowling. Um, Do could, you they give Overton, could they give Overton a go? I can't see your point of going back to what you're picking Wokes as a batsman and you can't pick Wokes as a batsman in a four-man attack. Um, so, yeah, Wood, Broad and Anderson will have to go again. Wood will have to find some energy to get through one more last go before he has six weeks off um, and or six weeks without a test match. And if Robinson's fit, he walks back into the team. All right, then, Harmy, get on the Rattler back up north and uh, we will be reunited. You'll be on uh, the Cricket Collective with uh, Neil Manthorpe on... I. God knows what day it is in the UK. Uh, I think that will be going out on Tuesday, Tuesday. morning and um, it will be repeated uh, on the TS2, TalkSport 2, Tuesday night. Uh, we've got live exclusive cricket as well. Uh, West Indies versus Ireland on Tuesday on TalkSport 2. That gets underway at 2pm. Jared Kimber, Andrew McKenna, Jade Dernbach, uh, Tim Murta and Abhishek Junjunwala will be talking you through that one and shouting a bit probably. And uh, yeah, then there'll be more cricket on Friday, the uh, third ODI. And of course, the fifth test gets underway. So plenty going on uh, here on TalkSport 2 and on the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.